Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 43 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today on this lovely Wednesday is Heather Baxendale from Word of Hellmouth. Welcome back, Heather. Thank you for having me back. I had to double check and make sure it was Wednesday. It's been one of those weeks. <laughs> well, it's you're you're probably like uh, you know dreaming on the skywalk or something like that. You know. That's that's right. Actually, I was I was fighting a bunch of villains with submachine guns. It can not totally today. Just there ruin no, your whole sense of timeline. There no, no, not today. See, that's why I don't know what time it is and what day it is. Oh, okay. There you go. Right. Point made. Yeah, that that's, that's not today. Tomorrow. Um, it's it not even tomorrow. <laughs> that that we're gonna have to wait till Friday for. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anticipation yeah. all right so yeah. everyone listening you have two days to wait for some gunfire there you go actually i think we get to hear gunfire at the end of the the end of tomorrow the end of tomorrow we get one shot you know it's it's, it's a one shot you know so we'll we'll just wait patiently for that so minute 43 begins board of arrivals continuing to get filled up and ends with a shot of the shield generator on endor somehow that that happened to this movie <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you know, and and I I I'm sh- I I know you know I know you well enough, Heather, that you probably recognize the same thing I did. If you look at that final second of this minute, you will see what actually does look like the uh, antenna array of Endor. You know, it, it does. It, I wanted to get on my tauntaun and ride out there. Um, there are no tauntauns on Endor, but okay, we'll 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 give you that. You got to use a speeder. <laughs> Yeah, you know. well, I was meshing the two together. It was all the snow. Yes. Because there's, <laughs> yes, there's there's so much snow here. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was inspired by Hoth in that capacity. Yes, no, but okay, yes. I understand that. And, and you know that, that, um, you know, I promised two days ago that I would, I would check something and I, I didn't get a chance to do it till today. But, uh, you know, we wanted to see when we were talking about uh, old Cape Cod on, on Monday. So, you know, I said I wanted to oh, yeah. I wanted to double check and see if Randy Harlan talks about it on the, uh, you know, on the commentary. And he doesn't say a word about it. He doesn't even say, oh, this is a song that we, you know, that we chose or anything like that. It's just he, he skipped over that and started talking about the, you know, the, the steam and stuff like that. So, you know. I'm kind of surprised. It's used rather prevalently. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a. Especially yeah, on my podcast. It's definitely. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the most important part yes. uh, from that perspective yeah <laughs> I, I would agree with you on that one <laughs> and you know so it wasn't there what can you do so basically the 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 minute starts we we see all of the you know we, we ended things yesterday by looking at the boards you know, they started filling up the boards and writing everything is delayed and stuff like that. So we're actually going to take a little bit of time to talk about everything that's on those boards. Okay. And, and we're going to compare them from yesterday's boards to today's boards because they're they're slightly different. And they, they have some some okay. strange oh, later, discrepancies. Aren't they? I'm sorry. I, it looks like perhaps later too. Um, I had them freeze frame myself. I might be wrong. I actually took pictures of them so that I can see them. (laughs) Yes. Now, obviously the, the the (laughs) board at the end of this, of, of yesterday's minute and beginning of this minute 
is there's a particular arrivals board, you know, which talks about uh, uh, actually it starts with the uh, you know it, where where things are starting to get delayed. So we have like the you know the flights uh, from seven ten and seven fifteen, which are flights to Dallas and Los Angeles. Now I find it really cool. You know, I I love looking at at things in detail in the background in movies to see like. You know, if, if anyone really spends their time for the fraction of a second that something is is going to be seen, and th they put a lot of work into this one, I must say. So first of all, let, let's go with, uh, with the departures. Okay, so the departures, we talked yesterday about the fact that there was one that was uh, I, that was leaving for Hawaii that for some reason it says that it was closed, right? But so yeah. they also, they have the the abbreviations of the airlines. So some of the ones that they use here are real ones and some of them are fake ones. So the flight to Hawaii is flight 101 FJA, which is probably Fuji Airlines, which is one of the ones that we saw uh, earlier, right? And so it says that it's, it's flight 101. So one of the things that I looked up is, you know, and I think I talked about this in on plane trains and automobiles, the fact that, you know, how do they choose flight numbers? You know, and things like yeah. that. So one of the things that, that, that I found back then, and I, I looked it up again, is that, you know, numbers, uh, flight numbers that are even are either flying east or flying north, and flight numbers that are odd are flying either west or south. Okay, so, I mean, there is a method, there's a method to the whole madness of how they do this, you know, and it's, it's very cool. I mean, also... You know, lower the lower the number, the more prestigious the the flight is for that particular airline. You know, like the the airline will have their main um, flights. You know, their their um, what, what would you call it? Their flagship flights and stuff like that would be like zero zero one or zero zero two and stuff like that. There'd be like lower numbers and stuff like that. So if you're on Spirit Airlines at like 322, you should probably fly mm -hmm. something else. <laughs> That's just coming from me. Okay. That's just my my thoughts and opinions based on that. From now on, though, I am going to be noting this in my mind and that's something that i will right. remember and a lot of times there are airlines that will have you know for instance i'm, I'm just throwing out a, a completely random uh you know theoretical flight they have a flight from let's say uh london to new york so the flight from london to new york will be 101 and then the flight back from new york to london would be 102 you know they they, they do things like that okay. because, because it's, it's because of the fact of whether it's going east and west and stuff like that all right so, I mean, with, with the yeah. Hawaii one, they get that right. Then you have a flight to Denver where it's it's a little hard to make it out, but it looks like it's saying NID, which I, I don't know what type of flight that is. Um, then the following one is going to Toronto. It's 142. So once again, it's an even number that is going north. So they got that one right. Then they have a flight to Baltimore. So for me, it shocked me that they have flights going from Dulles to Baltimore. I mean, I'm assuming they do, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, so it's also 832. That's a, oh, yeah. an even number. Then you have a flight to Chicago, 1431, odd number, um, which is an NEA flight, Northeast Airlines, which we talked about, uh, you know, uh, that that's the, the, the fake airline that used to be a real airline. Um, you know, up until the 70s, it was it was a real airline. Then it was uh, uh, taken over by uh, Delta, 
all of their their routes. Um, then you have one that says it, it's going to Cabos, uh, C A B O S, which is four twenty three. So you know that's either going west or south. Also makes sense. Uh, then you have another one that's going to Paris, 132, even number, going east. Uh, Tucson, it's 52. So there's there's one they they actually get wrong because the you know they're going west, so that should be an odd number. Uh, then it's a little difficult to make out. You have Miami, which looks like it's 49. So they got that one right that it's an odd number going south. And then Houston, I can't make out the number. It's two one something. Uh, let's give them the benefit of that that they got that one right. Okay, but but they did put a lot of detail into the fact that they're showing all of these departures and arrivals and stuff like that. Then on the arrivals board, so the first flight is to Newark, 434. Again, um, that's an even number going north. Boston, 143. That should be an even number. Seattle, 383. That they got that one right. Um, then you have Madrid. And it says DEL, so maybe they're using Delta, possibly, 104. So that is, uh, that's an even number. That's correct. Uh, London, 114, maybe, even. Maybe. Tokyo, 144. So that should be an odd number. But also, once again, they have the FJA, meaning Fuji Airlines. Then we have uh, 101 to New York, which should be an even number as opposed to an odd number. Dallas, 102, going the wrong direction also. That's supposed to be an odd number. LA 140 should be an odd number. So I, basically towards the end, I guess they got lazy. That's what it comes down to. I was just going <laughs> to say, it seemed like they were really consistent at first. And after a while, I went, okay, nobody's going to pay attention right. to this. But they were yes, wrong. They were. Yes, yes, they were. And then we get an, a completely different arrivals board that shows us all these other different uh, flights. You know, there's a flight to Paris and Auckland and Zurich, Buenos Aires, Dublin, London, Chicago, Tokyo, Tel Aviv. And then Newark, you know, which really fits in with all of the international flights, you know, because oh, Chicago is the only one that's not an international flight on that list. Okay. And the numbers, once again, you know, as we said, if it's an even number, they're going east or north. So they got that right on Paris. They got that right on Zurich. They got that right on Tel Aviv. On the the ones that 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 are going west, which should be an odd number. So Auckland is wrong because it's just 58. Buenos Aires is, is south. So that, that one they did get right. Dublin is north. They got that one wrong. Um, London, 189. They got that one wrong also. Uh, Chicago going west is correct. Tokyo is 101. Uh, they're going very west on that one. So that makes sense. And then Newark, it just says number two which I guess that means it's uh, they got that one right. But what I found really, really fascinating is the the, the fake airlines that they have here. Because some of them, some yeah. of them, you know, just you have the numbers. So for Auckland, it says NZA, New Zealand Air, exactly. Um, then you yeah. have Zurich, it says SWR. So I guess that's like Swiss, Switzerland, yeah. exactly. Buenos Aires, ARG, yeah. Argentina. Uh, that's yeah. right. um, then Dublin, it says WSA. I don't know what that's supposed to stand for. Um, London, it's BRT, which I guess is British. British. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then Chicago is EAS. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be Eastern Airlines or something like that. I don't know. Tokyo, once again, you have FJA. 
And then Tel Aviv, it says I-A-L. So it's sort of Israel, I guess, you know. But I, I just, again, yeah. it goes to the fact that, that, you know, I like looking to see how detailed they go and whether they do these things right or wrong. And so, you know, it, it was hit or miss with these. Uh, but... You know, but for me, it was fun going through it. Hopefully, hopefully, I didn't bore. The, hopefully, I didn't I bore the crap out of everybody just listening to that right now. I think it's interesting to see. I, I like this kind of stuff too, personally. I think it's kind of neat, um, and it makes me wonder too who's who's in charge of this and how much effort did they put into it. And from the sounds of it, it does seem like they were like on top of it and putting in all the necessary details. And at some point, maybe they had to hurry up and finish. Yeah. They had deadlines, or they got tired of doing it. I probably wouldn't have, but it looks like at least a concerted effort was still made to the finale. But I think that kind of thing is, yeah. is kind of neat. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the, like the way that they do that. And they, we know we get like different passengers that are looking and you know are are a little concerned and stuff like that. Then the the shot changes, and we're we're back in the uh, control tower, and we you know we well first of all we we hear a phone ring. And then we hear someone say, okay, stand back. And then we, we hear like shouts in the background and stuff like that. And then we, we see Barnes closing a, an attache case. You know, he's, he's like, and you yes. see him put blueprints in an attache case, which I'm a little confused as to why he would really do that. But okay, you know, why does he need to take the, maybe it's the plans of, of the, the Annex Skywalker or something like that. I don't know. And then he does something really strange. He picks up like a disc and puts it in his mouth. You know, someone gives him a disc and he puts yeah. it in his mouth. Like he's he's holding it with his teeth. So it's just a little little strange. I I think I think it's it's like it's kind of whether it's actually useful or applicable at any point. I think it's at least just trying to demonstrate the fact that they are they are hustling, that there is chaos and they are all working yeah. together and maybe we'll miss some of these details but they don't know that we're going to watch it like we're going to minute by minute and dissect all the details. But I you definitely get that note from it, if anything else. That's right. And it, it makes sense. And then, you know, he grabs his, his jacket, uh, which, you know, is foreshadowing that maybe we're going to need the jacket later in the movie. Possibly. Not really sure. Could be. Could be. Yup, yup. Exactly. Well, yup, yup is because we're, we're going to be getting <laughs> to the... Uh, you know, to to, to the end of scene exactly. Uh, then the shot changes, and we're, we're we're looking from underneath. You know, like a staircase, a, a graded staircase, and you you have all you have uh, you know boots that that are walking down the the staircase, making a lot of noise. Uh, we can then see these guys in their their black. That's uniforms. right. We we see the SWAT guys. I think those are MP5s. Uh, no, they're they. Don't they? I think they have uh, M16s. Are they? They have M16s. You might be right. Yes. You might be right. No, that that I'm sure of. Yep, they're carrying sure M, M, correct. They're carrying M16s. Um, I don't <laughs> think that they have. No, some of them do have uh, uh, magazines in in there. So yeah. And then we hear someone say, "Okay, stand back." And there's like a guy who who's like directing traffic type of thing, and he like moves his arms back and forth, trying to keep everyone away from the SWAT guys. You know. Don't go near this black guy. Guys are not formidable to me. They're they're kind of funny. They're they're kind of like I expect this kind of I don't know why, but I I this this part oh, takes me out of the moment, and I look at them and go, you guys should be on a TV yeah, show. Yeah, probably. 
not a high scale movie like this. For some reason, I just don't, I don't feel it with them at all. The, the villains are really great in this. They're super formidable. I believe them. They're over the top, but you know, as is the case here, but I feel like these guys, you can kind of just look at them and go, Oh yeah, they just got those, those costumes right out of the, the rack and just yeah. put them on. I mean, what's, what, what I find really interesting is the fact that, that the, um, you know, on IMDb, none of them are credited at all. Not even like, well, they're cannon fodder. They're basically yeah, red they're red shirts, but but at least one of them does have a line, and a line. This is you know, I I think that you need to, you know, I think according to SAG, if someone has a line, you have to give them credit. You know that. I think so too. Plus, you get you get plenty of actors who have parts that don't have lines and get credit. Yeah. So he should be. Yeah. I, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it a little. I found it a little strange because because I wanted to know who these people were, you know, but they, they they don't tell us. And the one that I that you're referring to too, he looks familiar to me. It may just be that he look plays that he's kind of probably, character or shows up and he's probably he's a stuntman. Kind of you know, guy. I'm assuming that that he's listed as you know that might be it as one of the stuntmen. That's a, that's a really yeah. good point. Also, too. I love, love these silver, like, late 80s, early 90s briefcases that are in yes. every movie and TV <laughs> show for either the exchange of money or some Cliff, kind of cliffhanger. drugs or meth. In Cliffhanger, they use them. But then again, that's Rennie Harlan again. Yes! Cliffhanger was one of the movies that I was uh, referring to earlier, before we started recording yes. today, too. That was one of the yes. dad movies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love those. One day eventually i'm going to own one of the suitcases and i'm going to use it for nothing i'm just going to have it <laughs> i won't have enough money to put in it so maybe i'll put something cool in it like well these suitcases are usually mcguffins so you know you never most of the time most of them they don't have any real use in the movie you know besides furthering the plot you know we never really find out what it is that they're they're the only suitcase of value in any film ever is the suitcase. Which we also is, uh, which we both know is the, the 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 largest MacGuffin that you can have, and it has no point either. You know, like we never find out what's in there. Nope. What's in? That's because he did that on purpose. Yeah, of course. I actually was reading about that yesterday. Um, he he specifically was mentioning things like, "Why should I tell you? I'm not going to tell you. You guys need to figure that out yourself." That's right. I love you, Tarantino. You know, it's, it's Zemeckis did the same thing with Castaway. You know, people would ask him what was in the the the, the final package, and his response always was a uh, you know a satellite phone. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's too bad too bad <laughs> that Chuck Nolan didn't open it. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> he wouldn't have spent five years on that island. I love that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we, we get to see that there are five SWAT guys here. You know, so so keep that number in mind for the rest of the week. Think about that. Um, and then the, the, the shot changes and we see someone rolling out uh, blueprints. And, you know, we then we hear uh, Marvin say the Skywalk Annex. Skywalk. And then John says, no. God damn it, the Annex Skywalk. Listen to me, the Annex Skywalk. It's the last thing I heard before they kicked me out, which they did really well last week. You know, when their kick uh, was it last week or two weeks ago. Now I don't even remember. I'm I'm confused. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Where where they kicked him out of the the air the the traffic control uh, tower, and he just walking right by somebody who mentions you know the the Annex Sky, Skywalk. So there you go. 
you know, it's 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 good that they they give us that little bit of a hint, you know, that he's able to hear it. Well, uh, later on, I'll talk about how in the script it's it's a little different because in the script he didn't hear it. Um, and then Marvin says, "Well, let me oh. see here now," and he starts, you know, pointing things. He goes, "Well, this must be it right here. See, that's the raised platform, and there's the new terminal. There's your skywalk." So, I mean, if you if you pay attention like like we've been doing if you look on the blueprints there's something actually written around that it says point of no return ductwork entry level one i don't know why oh. they would write point of no return that doesn't make any sense unless you know these are the blueprints that that colonel stewart and, and his men used i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah well, and there's other notes on it too. Like you see, it says repaired mm -hmm. at one part, and and other notes on it. Again, maybe somebody in props just wrote it, thinking they were funny, or maybe it was the blueprints the villains used. But why would the villains use it? No, of course not. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. But it's just, it's just yeah. really funny that it says yeah. point of no return. You know, like why would it even? Because that's exactly that's what right. it is too. That's yes. so funny. It really is. And just yesterday we were talking about point of no return. So there you go. Yes. The movie. Exactly. Still. No, I haven't, still I haven't watched it yet either. I'll watch it no, right no. now. I, it, it's, it's on my list now. I will, I will try to get to it this weekend. You know, when, when, when I have a little time. Definitely. And you know, the great thing about bringing it up too is, you know, after you're with someone for a while, I think we've talked, Rob and I have talked about this in the past too, is once you've been married or in a couple for a long, long time, and one of you is a heavy movie person and the other isn't, you start to not run out of films to show them, but ones that have like big impact on you are super fun. So it's always fun to find something new too that I know that Mike hasn't yeah. seen, and I think he'll like it. So that's going to be a yeah, movie. My, my, my wife prefers rom-coms. Sure. So, you know, she, she will not... She she wouldn't like point in every turn. So, you know, I I I'm just gonna watch no, that one on my no, own. No, that's not the shoot up. <laughs> that that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, what 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 I like here is is that you know Marvin is uh, you know we talked about yesterday that Marvin is the janitor, right? And he knows his stuff. You know, he knows to read the blueprints. He knows to show, all right, this is where you need, this is this is the the Annex Skywalk. Do, do you think this is this is a shout out to Star Wars? I think so, they called Skywalk. It looks like the array on Endor. I mean, and again too, it's not all the same reference, but it does kind of look like Hoth out there. I mean, I feel like it, yes. I feel like it's a little nod at the very least, it has to be. We're big Star right. Wars nerds, so we're we're seeing it that's for right. sure. But and, that's a lot. And it's of that's stuff. right. And uh, we know that there's a name Anakin Skywalker. So to call it Annex Skywalker, you know, is Skywalk is very close. I don't know. It's so close. It's so close. I think it is. I think it's a Star Wars. Uh, I, I I would think so too. And whether it is or not, I'm gonna that's say right. it is from now on. I'm gonna point it out to people. I'm there gonna, you go. I'm real clever. <laughs> <laughs> or crazy. And well, I'm we're, okay we're, with either. You know, we're 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 seen as both. I accept that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm okay with that. It's just they don't understand me. That's what it comes down to. And and you know, other people like me understand. Other people who are like me understand me. You know, so that that's I think the, the important. Language you speak. It's the same language. Exactly. Yeah. That is correct. You know, and then. Uh, 
you know, John uh, says, God damn bottleneck, nice place for an ambush, you know, which again, they're, they're sort of, um, and then John says, so what's the fastest way you can get me out to that spot? And, you know, then the, the, the shot changes again and we're, we're back with uh, Barnes, you know, he's, he's with uh, his good friends, the, uh, the, the, the five SWAT guys, you know, who the, the main SWAT guy who, you know, we, we talked about before, doesn't have a SAG credit here, even though he should, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're walking through a place that you can clearly see is still under renovations. And then Barnes says, this kind of thing wasn't in my job description. And then the, uh, and, <laughs> the... and yet Barnes is kind of the most formidable guy there too. He's, this is not in his job description, but he's suited up and he's ready to go and do what he has to do. Yeah. And I kind of, I really like him. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Though. I mean, he's a great techie here. You know, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like him. I'm rooting for him. There you go. That's a good reason to. <laughs> and then the, the, the head SWAT guy says, don't worry, Mr. Barnes, we'll watch your back. And then he mumbles back. Yeah. Who's going to watch yours? <laughs> which yeah. which is a great line because uh, it's also foreshadowing a little bit as to what's going to be happening uh, a little bit uh, later on. Um, well, in the last couple last couple days too, the scenes are really just a build up for what is going to come up tomorrow and the next day and then the next day after that's that. Right. And it's it's a really big sequence, but it's a really good build up, but it's also really fast and it transitions from, Hey, we're in the, the watchtower, just kind of putting all this together to, Oh, we've got some business to take care of their terrorists here. And we have to stop them Yeah, really, really fast. Like there's so many moving pieces all at once. And that's one thing that's really great about action movies, but also a really good reason to do a minute by minute with them is because you can really break all of that down and see how much is going on. I think it's really, that's cool. correct. All right. So you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? Nope, I'm ready for the script. All right. I want so to the script, script has a lot of different stuff here. So I'm just going to read through it. And it. So it starts off with the, narr- the description. It says, there hasn't been this much activity in the airport police office since Gorbachev dropped in. Five SWAT officers... <laughs> five, five SWAT <laughs> officers check their gear, leave the office at Lorenzo's signal. Lorenzo says into a phone, I'm sending the SWAT team over for Barnes now. We don't need the goddamn Christmas tourists seeing guns and, and flipping out, so they'll they'll take him the long way around. And then it says it, uh, you know, it zooms in on alligator clips. We widen and as Marvin connects them to one set of bolts, then another. McLean shakes his head. No, no, yes. Lorenzo's voice. Through the annex skywalk to the new terminal. That way nobody sees them. We don't have any, we, we won't have any panic. Trudeau's voice. And we don't want any disasters. Barnes has five minutes to check out that antenna array. McLean says to Marvin, Christ, they're going to try something cute. Where's this Annex Skywalk? Marvin, Annex Skywalk sounds like the Pissant's World Fair. He rummages around, finds a big wrinkled map, smooths it out. Marvin says, let me see. Yeah, must be this. Connects to the new terminal. Marvin points to an elevated walkway connecting the two complexes. McLean looks at the map. It's a bottleneck. Anyone smart enough to shut down the airport is smart enough to figure this. It's the perfect place for an ambush. Then we're back in the, the engineer's office in the terminal. Barnes, nervous, throws things into a metal case. His fellow engineers watch, curious, as he exits with the five SWAT cops. Camera follows the four men past banks of computers, computerized weather maps, an LED Dulles map, 
all of it useless, all of the operators watching their only hope, Barnes. And then this is back in the basement. A mound of crinkled paper is flattened against the card table. We widen. See it? See, it's an architect, architect's plan of the entire dullest netherworld, cribbed by Marvin and now festooned with his various multicolored jotes and notes. Marvin, now see, here's you, and here's the skywalk. Now check this out. And McLean goes, tunnels? Like the Japs had all over Iwo Jima. That's where I got wounded. But we put the, those little twerps in their place once and for all. He points at the map. These are air ducts for all the terminals. Heating, cooling, whole shebang. And then Marvin oh. continues and says, so I put you in the boiler room where they start, and you come out there. McLean, looks like maybe a mile. Easy jog. Marvin laughs. Uh-huh. It's the pisser of a it's a pisser of a crawl, and that's the easy part. First, you gotta be an acrobat. So then this is in the basement at the access for the duct. With a cordless drill, Marvin unhinges the access door. Last bolt. It falls with a sheet metal slam. McLean winces as a blast of air hits him. And as perspiration breaks out on his forehead, we realize it's hot air. Whoa. Winter up there, summer down here. He aims Marvin's flashlight down there. Isn't enchanted with what he sees. He turns and takes Marvin's map. I owe you one, Marvin. How about a six-pack of malt liquor? How about a case of Johnny Walker? McLean gives him a dirty look. Hey, yeah. I may be homeless, but he ain't tasteless. So again, you know, and that that's what they have for the script here. It's it's fun. It's it's very fun reading through it, but I'm glad they cut it out. I don't think it's needed in in the oh, you know it's yeah. not needed there either. Um, I I love the fact that Tom Bauer, you know, plays a character who supposedly fought in Iwo Jima, which is a little bit of a problem given his own age. You know, in in 1990, Tom oh, Tom Bauer was was born in 1938. Okay, which means that in 1990, he was, so he was 52. A child. So during Iwo Jima, which, if I remember correctly, uh, took place in 45, he was seven. <laughs> yep, yep, he was a child. Nope, that doesn't nope. work. Uh, and, and the whole part, I mean, I agree with you. It's It's all kind of fun, but it's completely unnecessary. And if they kept much of that in, it would have just completely dampened the sense of urgency that was yeah. going on and all of that tension and build up. And they didn't need all of the talk to about the, Oh, we don't need anybody to see the SWAT guys running around. Yeah. We already know no, that. But, 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 yeah, of course you want us to, you're still going to try and cover it up and hide everything. Of course you're going to, even though there's already a disaster. Correct, happening. But the, the difference here is all, I like, I, the right, but the difference here is, is that in, as I mentioned earlier, in the in the script, John doesn't hear about the Annex Skywalk beforehand. So here, you know, they, yeah. they they at least give us a reason of how he knows about the Annex Skywalk because you know they're they're eavesdropping on on the conversation and that's where they hear it. I, I like it better the way that it works in the movie, you know, but but at I least agree. they 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 cover their bases here. You know, it wasn't something that they missed and and you know had to figure out a way to to backpedal. You know, so I, and I appreciate that too, especially with with specifically action movies because they're so rewatchable. Especially Die Hard movies in general, they are the original trilogy. Anyway, I mean, there there are those kinds of movies that you can put on at any time, knock them around, and you're gonna watch them. But after you've seen a movie 10, 15, 20 times, you start to pick up on all of those things, and you start asking the questions of, well, why why did he know that? Why did he say that? Kind uh, of what we're doing hmm. on the show right now. 
And yeah, so if you don't, if you're not thorough with answering those questions, then yeah, after a while, it, it becomes something that if you're a big fan, you're gonna you're gonna make jokes about. But if you're a big fan and then you covered your all your tracks, then you're like, man, there's there's no flaws in this. Look at this, it's a perfect right. movie, which which are very few and far between. But nonetheless, I still appreciate. Correct. Well, you. as as you and I both know, I mean, we're you know we're we're not uh, pointing out the faults in this movie. You know, to 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 blast the movie, where it's we're enjoying it more this way. No. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yes. I think that's what a lot of people that that don't understand some of the the culture for being movie fans and TV fans and certain media fans and stuff like that is when you love something and you can joke around to make fun of it, it's 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 a sign Correct. of affection. Mm-hmm. We're not actually hating on it. Those fans are very, very easy to yeah. see, <laughs> particularly in the Star mm, Wars universe. Maybe. But <laughs> maybe, maybe. But anyway, That's right. I digress. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, uh, Aviation Edition, where my guests will give some sort of story adventure, misadventure, something that happened to them that's somehow related to either an airport, an airplane, uh, some sort of uh, air travel, you know, something like that. So Heather, you got a story for us? I do. I do. Um, this is, this is the actually the last time I flew. So I'm, I've been having a, a difficulty trying to get motivated to again. I am terrified of flying. I, I doesn't stop me from flying. I still will fly, but I have tremendous anxiety whenever I do. So my last trip was a couple years ago. It was before COVID. I went down to Savannah with some friends of mine and we ran a race down there. Tons of fun. The flight down there, it was wintertime. So we went down there. We had to wait for the the plane to de-ice and that just gave me more time to build up anxiety about flying. But the flight down was okay. Then we're coming home and it's early morning and there's a thunderstorm. In normal circumstances, I love love thunderstorms but i looked at my friends who are very well traveled unlike myself and i say we're still gonna fly in this aren't we oh yeah it's fine they'll just be turbulence i'm like i don't want that i don't want that <laughs> but but and, and 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 you know too i don't have i don't have any medication i don't drink i don't do any of those things so it's just me sober as a blue jay first thing in the morning terrified climbing onto this plane i sit down thankfully i'm on an aisle seat and we take off and then all of a sudden it's plane drops then again plane drops and i'm thinking i i'm not even looking at anyone else i'm just holding white knuckled onto my seat and i'm closing my eyes and i'm and i'm just imagining being somewhere else and that this is normal and this is turbulence and this is what happens it went on for an hour the lights kept flickering it was like my worst nightmare i was convinced we were going to die I think I opened my eyes a couple times to look at the girl sitting next to me who was reading her book and then blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, we're almost back to Michigan at this point. I finally look around and my friends that are sitting in the aisle across from me are like, I didn't think we were going to make it. <laughs> and I went, what? What? They're like, yeah, what? I, I fly all the time. That was horrible. <laughs> I went, no. Died, they were like, Oh, yeah, we, we just about went down. And then afterwards, which I had never had the experience, but I've heard that I've heard the stories before that back in the day, everyone used to clap when yes. the plane would land. There was there was lots of clapping. I was not clapping, I was trying to get off of that plane as quickly as I could. 
<laughs> it was for me the experience was horrible and i'm i'm planning on going to new orleans in the fall and i have to i have to get myself motivated i i told my doctor last month i said listen you're gonna have to pump me full of all sorts of xanax or i'm not gonna be able to do this <laughs> but yeah that was that was that was that was one of my most scared experiences as a human being ever. I was wow. I was terrified. And I know people fly all the time and they probably go through that stuff all the time, but it was not okay for me. Horrible. Horrible. Wow. Okay. That is a great story. I'm I'm glad that you made it made it back so that you could, you know, years later talk to us. So that that's good. <laughs> Thank you. I will tell anyone who wants to listen to it because I will forever be I will, now you have it recorded. So <laughs> you can just tell people go listen to you know, uh, this show, Minute 43, and they'll be able to hear the whole story. Brilliant. You're a genius. There you go. See? And, and, and I get, uh, you know, that I, I get an advertisement at the same time. So why not? <laughs> All right. So, Heather, you want to tell people where they can, how they can get in touch with you? Yes, you can find me on the interweb on uh, rabbitholepodcast.com. You can check out my podcast, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. It's called Word of Hellmouth. Uh, you can also find my new book, uh, The Prophecy, Bounty Hunters, on Amazon under my pen name, H.B. Walsh. Go check it out. All right. Very cool. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can find me directly on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, until tomorrow, yippee ki yay Yippee-ki-yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little village.